We all know the New York Islanders need to add a puck-moving defenseman. Today, we look at a couple of ways they could do that and a couple of candidates who could fit the bill. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. And we are now also available on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked on Islanders. Lots to talk about today on the show. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question for us, a comment maybe about something we've talked about on the show, or maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings throughout a busy offseason from hirings, firings, trade rumors, the draft, free agency. If it's happening to the New York Islanders, you'll hear about it here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. So, look, puck-moving defensemen, there is no doubt that that is a big priority for the Islanders. Lou Lamorello has been saying that the team needed to add a puck-moving defenseman a year ago and admitted one of the few admissions he made during his belated postseason press conference was that, yeah, we'd still like to get that puck-moving defenseman, but, he said, maybe I shouldn't have said anything last year because it, you know, just creates expectations and sometimes you're not always able to do what it is you want to do. But look, it obviously remains a need for the New York Islanders. And look, we know about the cap situation that this team is going through and that the Islanders right now need a little help uh, to bring in that puck-moving defenseman. And There are some ways they can do it, and I'm going to discuss uh, a couple of them on today's show, including specific targets that the Islanders can look at 
and try to bring in. And look, I'm not saying these guys are the answer. I'm not saying that, you know, you bring in this guy and everything is solved because, you know, both of the players that I'm going to be talking about come with some question marks in one way, shape, or form. And the first one is this. Uh, there was a buyout of Oliver Ekman Larson just uh, a week or so ago, and that was done by the Vancouver Canucks. We know Ekman Larson has a history of providing offense, knows how to move the puck, had back-to-back 20-goal seasons in 2015-16, 2016, 2014-15, 2015-16 with the Arizona Coyotes, is just coming from a team in uh, Vancouver that lacked a lot of defensive structure, especially early in the season. And, you know, that it makes it a big adjustment if Ekman Larson is going to join the New York Islanders. But he also is unquestionably talented. He is almost 32 years old. He'll turn 32 in the middle of July. And to me, Ekman Larson is the kind of guy that I think the Islanders could sign to a short deal, maybe even a one-year prove-it deal or a two- or three-year deal at a lot less money, maybe closer to, you know, three-and-a-half to four-and-a-half million dollars a year so that you're not breaking the bank. And, yeah, you're taking a chance on a guy like Ekman Larson. Last year, he still was playing more than 20 minutes a game, uh, 20 minutes, 11 seconds, was at 22 minutes a game the previous year in Vancouver. Certainly would improve the Islanders' ability to clear the puck out of their zone and transition from defense to offense. He is a guy who is not afraid in the past to shoot the puck, uh, although his shot attempts were down a bit last year. And, you know, he also has experience on the power play, had more than 10 goals on the power play in each of the two seasons that he went over the 20-goal mark. Now, look, I have no illusions. You're not getting the 2015 or 2016 Oliver Ekman Larson, but you're also not going to pay the $8 million that were on the hook for him if you basically, you know, had to acquire him in a trade before the Canucks bought him out. And Ekman Larson may be at the point where he's willing to bet on himself with a one-year deal, if it works out, you keep him. He's a guy who could definitely improve your power play. And that is something the Islanders need. The concern, obviously his age. He's slowing down a bit, according to some people. Uh, and really didn't give very much value to the Canucks last year. But at the same time... He would be someone who could come in and help the power play and be a a, a general upgrade. And 
you know, he could be someone who you could pay roughly the same that many experts expect Scott Mayfield to receive, but, you know, you get the puck-moving element that the Islanders lack. He's got decent size at 6'2", 200, but he's not a physical player in that sense. Only 58 hits in 54 games. Did have 43 block shots, so he's not afraid to do that. He's not the best fit for the Islanders' system, and that's the biggest concern, but he would be an inexpensive player who you wouldn't have to do anything but sign to a contract. So it's not like you have to trade away assets to bring him in. He is left-handed, and, you know, the Islanders uh, need that right-handed shot, especially if Mayfield is going to depart, but it's a possibility and it's out there, and it's something that Lou Lamorello, he likes his experienced guys. It could be a low-risk opportunity for the Islanders if that's the route they want to go. Not saying it would be my first choice, but it's out there, it's possible, and it wouldn't necessarily cost them a lot of money. So let's see if the Islanders decide to go that route. We have got a lot more to get to on today's show. We are going to discuss uh, another possible player the Islanders could add. This one via trade and maybe even accomplish something else that they set out to do this offseason in the process. We've got that and a whole lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. Well, it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you could be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And after today's show, be sure to check out Locked On's 2023 NHL Mock Draft Special. The local hosts of the Locked On NHL channel have made their picks. And host Gil Martin, that's me, and Hadi Kalakesh break down every selection over a three-day mock draft event. Find the episodes on Locked On NHL on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So, still looking at another possible candidate to be a bit of an upgrade at puck-moving defensemen. And I think this one even makes more sense to me than Ekman Larson. And it could be something that would knock off two birds with one stone, as they say. We have heard Barry Trotz say some very complimentary things about one Josh Bailey. And... I think it makes sense in the sense, you know, Trotz 
basically looking to rebuild the New York, uh, excuse me, the Nashville Predators. He is now the GM. He is certainly very familiar with Bailey, and he had this to say about Bailey uh, last November during a podcast. He said he was great, such a caring individual, sneaky good in terms of understanding the game, quietly makes unbelievable plays that go unnoticed, little things. You think about a thousand games with one organization in a big market, very quiet, shout out to him. He is a terrific person and a really underrated player for a lot of years. So would it be possible that the Predators, who are kind of in the middle of a rebuild right now, would be interested in Josh Bailey, who could actually get some playing time there? And it would make sense. There's cap room there. And one player that the Islanders could get back in return is defenseman Tyson Barry. Now, Barry, also 31, going to turn 32 in July, pretty much the same age as Ekman Larson. Barry's cap hit, $4.5 million with one year left on his deal. So it's pretty much a cap wash, but it benefits the Predators. They get a, a veteran presence who is familiar with Barry Trotz and his system and who can give some of the younger players on that roster some leadership, while the Islanders add a puck-moving defenseman who might just be able to give them a little assistance on the power play unit. And, you know, he had four power play goals just last year, splitting time between the Oilers and the Predators, and, you know, in... 85 games because of the way the schedule kind of worked out. He had 55 points, 13 goals. That is, you know, a solid bit of numbers. Blocked 90 shots, only had 55 hits. He's not a very physical player, but here's a guy who could help you quarterback your power play. Here is a player who has experience and who, you know, playing on some pretty shaky teams as far as uh, defense goes, was only a, a minus seven, had some, you know, better plus minus seasons earlier in his career, certainly, uh, you know, knows the game and I think would be responsible enough defensively to fit in. The fact that he's a right-handed shot, in my mind, makes this um, a, a very logical deal for the New York Islanders, and again, with one year left, it's not a long-term commitment. It allows the Islanders to acquire Barry and not worry about how this acquisition will affect, for example, the the signing of Ilya Sorokin to a long-term deal because we already know Sorokin's cap hit for this year, and even if the Islanders sign him to an extension, you know, you're, you're talking about not affecting that 2024-2025 cap hit. Now, you may need to sweeten the deal a little bit or take part of Bailey's salary in order to make this deal work for Nashville. I don't think they do it straight up one for one if you have to throw in a draft pick. Or again, 
maybe pay one or two million dollars of Bailey's five million dollar salary. But overall, you cross off two things that you really wanted to do. And that is give Josh Bailey a chance. You end up filling in that right-handed defenseman and you add somebody who could really help your power play. So I, I think that it really could be a good fit in a lot of ways and it doesn't involve a long-term commitment. And yet, if it does work out, if you get a situation where Barry fits in really well, plays well for the Islanders, is happy on the island, you know, so many times under Lou Lamorello and even before that, under Garth Snow as well, when the Islanders want to bring in a player who they may have some trouble signing as a free agent, they do the old trade and sign. They have done it numerous times already. I mean, that's what the Bo Horvat deal was. You acquire him, and then you sign him to the extension. They tried to do it with Thomas Vanek and Ryan Smith back in the you know, 2000s and 2010s. Uh, Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but look, it worked with Pajot, J.G. Pajot. It worked with Bo Horvat. It worked with Kyle Palmieri. It may be worth a shot with Tyson Barry, and the good thing about both Tyson Barry and uh, Ekman Larson is these are not long-term commitments that involve a lot of risk. If it doesn't work out, you're only committed for hopefully one, maybe two years, and then you move on, and whether you can develop a younger defenseman or acquire one in a trade or in free agency next offseason, you know, that really would help the Islanders because, you know, there'll be a little more cap space in 2024, 2025. You got some players like... uh, you know, Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin, their deals are coming off the, uh, you know, their contracts are going to be up after next year. And it just seems to me that this deal would make a lot of sense. You wouldn't have to buy out Josh Bailey. So there's no penalty on the back end of the buyout. And to me, it's a win-win. It's good for Bailey, but more importantly, from our perspective, It's good for the New York Islanders, and I think that that would really help this team improve their power play, get pucks out of their own zone, and address, you know, two of the real weaknesses that this team has. And, 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 you know, Barry is also a a pretty good skater as well, And, and, you know, the idea of getting younger, faster, and more skilled, well, he'd make them more skilled, and he would certainly improve the power play and make them a little faster. I mean, if you're substituting uh, Barry or Ekman Larson for Mayfield, there's certainly an upgrade in the speed department there. Now, again, none of these are easy. I'm not even saying that they're extremely likely, but they make sense on a certain level. And they are low-risk chances that this team can take to try to improve in the short term and then set things up in the long term where if it works you can keep these guys around 
if it doesn't work, you only, you know, miss out on one year, and then you can try something else next off-season when you have a little more cap room, and hopefully the cap also goes up more than a million dollars this coming year, and things just sort of fall into place in that regard for the New York Islanders. All right, we have got more to get to on today's show. The draft is just a couple of days away, so uh, we'll have a scouting report on William Whitelaw, a prospect the Islanders may be looking at with the 49th overall pick in this year's draft. We've got that and our Islanders' birthday of the day and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. So we continue looking at some players the Islanders may be interested in drafting. And today uh, we are looking at William Whitelaw, who is an 18-year-old out of Rosemount, Minnesota, playing for the Youngstown Phantoms in the United States Hockey League. 36 goals and 61 points in 62 games. And look, there are some reasons to really like this kid. And obviously at this stage, there are some reasons to question him. Uh, He's only 5'9", 173 pounds. So size is clearly an issue. Now he's going to play at the University of Wisconsin this year. He's committed there, and I think that's a positive in his development. He's got good speed and a good shot, and I think that is important. We know this Islander team. We've talked about the need to add skill and speed Whitelaw, if he's able to develop, would check off some of those boxes. And scouts like his competitive spirit, his competitiveness. And, you know, that's important, too, because the Islanders need that as part of their game going forward. Now, look, his skating and his shot are his biggest asset, his hockey sense and puck skills are kind of rated as average, and I've seen him ranked anywhere from early to mid-second round all the way into third or fourth round territory. So we'll see. He just, you know, did not make Team USA's World Junior A Challenge team. So that, uh, you know, was a sort of close thing. He's not a great playmaker necessarily, But he does make some passes that just impress you. And his effort level on defense is not always consistent. When he puts in the effort, he can do it. But again, that size is a little bit of a concern. But when you've got a shot and the ability to skate like White Law has, you definitely have the the potential to go out and provide some offense for this team. The big question is, you know, would he be Ruslan Iskakov 2.0, a smaller player who the Islanders are then hesitant to call up because of his size? If that's the case, don't draft William Whitelaw, but if you like his game and like the skill and the shooting ability that he would add, and you think he's coachable enough to increase his uh, his all-around play, and he's 
you know, someone who will make that progression, he's a guy who could certainly be a second or third, or even if necessary, if he's willing to put in the effort, a fourth line player in the NHL, if he's willing to hustle and get a little more physical. Obviously, you know, 5'9 is small, but 173, you need him to put on some weight, but I think you could say that about most 18-year-olds, and if he can get it up to 180, 185 by the time he turns pro, let's say at age 20, 21, 22, you're talking about, you know, somebody who might just be able to fit in a little bit better for the New York Islanders. So keep an eye on Whitelaw. Again, one of those players the Islanders may be interested in drafting. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and Sunday was the 52nd birthday of former Islanders center Robert Reichel, the native of Czechia, back then called the Czech Republic. Fourth-round pick of the Flames back in 1989, came to North America in 90-91, had back-to-back 40 goal seasons for the Flames in 92-93, in 93-94, joined the Islanders late in the 96-97 season and stayed with the team for 97-98. Most of 1998-99 had 25, goal, uh, 25 goals and 65 points in 1997-98, which was by far his best year as an Islander. But even in 98-99, before they traded him to the Coyotes, he had 19 goals in 70 games. And then had seven goals in 13 games after the trade to the desert. And that gave him another 20-plus goal season. Later played for the Maple Leafs before returning back to the Czech Republic to finish his career. 830 NHL goals, uh, games rather, 250 goals, 630 points, and 388 penalty minutes. You can uh, add 70 playoff games, 8 goals, 31 assists there, but none of them with the New York Islanders. It's easy to pick out his best game as an Islander. November 26, 1997, at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. And it's the Islanders hosting the New York Rangers. Mike Richter, the goalie for the Rangers. Tommy Salo in goal for your New York Islanders. And in this game, Robert Reichel netted a hat trick and an assist as the Islanders down the Rangers by a score of 4-1. to one. So an outstanding performance by Reichel. He was a plus two. He scored three goals on four shots on goal and basically had a hand in all four Islander goals in this contest. Tommy Salo only had to make 17 saves. This is the dead puck era. Islanders out shooting uh 25-18 to 18 in this one and really lost a shutout with a little more than three minutes left. So Kenny Janssen, by the way, had the other goal. But Reichel with three goals and an assist. And he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow. We will continue to get you ready for the 2023 NHL Draft, which is later this week. And don't forget, Locked On NHL and Locked On Islanders will have complete coverage of that throughout this week. So make sure you join us for that. 
Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.